you. Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors on this Monday, January 15th edition of the show. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to those out there. And we're still rolling along with our regularly scheduled programming on this Monday. Here shortly, we will be joined by a pair of ECU baseball players, Treya Savage and Carter Cunningham. Looking forward to their appearance inside the 94.3 The Game Studios. They're making their way over from a team meeting. So we'll have them on here after a brief opening segment, a couple news and notes. We'll talk maybe some NFL playoffs as well with Philip Pilkington, who is producing today. But some transfer news for ECU we'll get into here in a second. Also, some programming notes. Obviously, Trey Savage, Carter Cunningham coming from ECU Baseball. Today, they will join us shortly. Tomorrow, we will continue our interviews through Team Boneyard with ECU football players. Deontay Johnson, returning defensive tackle, will be in studio for Tuesday's show. We will not have a show on Wednesday. That is because we've got women's basketball coverage. Scott Rogers, who is at the studio today as well, he will be calling the game with Rob Maloney as the Pirates host Rice. That is an 11 a.m. tip-off on 94.3 The Game. It is another education day inside Minji's Coliseum, so the Lady Pirates will be hosting Rice. We'll have coverage of that on 94 through the game. So no show Wednesday as far as hoist the colors. We will have game coverage, and then we will be back Thursday and Friday for our regularly scheduled programming. Some transfer news on the football front for East Carolina. We've been following this on HTC for some time. We officially announced as the spring semester has gotten going here in the last few days as the Pirates have added a couple of transfers on the football front. Jaden McKenzie from Ohio State has been with the Buckeyes the past five years. He's going to come in. He's going to play defensive tackle. Joins a really stout defensive line of room. Returning Elijah Morris, Deontay Johnson, who we'll talk to on Tuesday's show, and a couple of other guys, Surratt Ware and C.J. Mims as well. And then Gavin Gibson, a transfer DB from Maryland, is officially in school. And that makes 11 transfers added for ECU football during this window. And so significant additions there for Mike Houston's club. Also be on the lookout for some news in the coming days. There's been reports, of course, of Jake Garcia potentially coming in, a Missouri quarterback transfer, former Miami transfer, and that should become official in the next 24, 48 hours. Of course, no classes today with the holiday, but he should start classes. We'll officially report on that when he is in class. And then also ECU trying to recruit a tight end, Casey Kelly, younger brother of Chad Kelly, nephew of Jim Kelly. He is a potential addition as well to follow this week. So there's some transfer news on the football front, East Carolina again loading up as they look to rebound from a 2-10 and ten season. All right, Carter Cunningham is here. We're going to get our break in. We'll come back. We'll be rejoined by the ECU outfielder slash first baseman, right? We'll get into that on the air as he has now uh, made his way into the studio. We'll also have Trey Savage join us here later in the program, too. All right, this is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. We'll be right back. Oh, 
right. We're back on Hoist the Colors on this Monday. Botan de Chispa? Is that how you pronounce it? That's how you pronounce it. Okay. If you could, uh, I meant to tell you about as well. Sit a little apart. Yeah, there we go. All right, we've got Carter Cunningham in studio. And uh, looking forward to this visit. We also got Trey Savage sitting there. We got a live studio audience, guys. We got Scooter Rogers. He's doing his women's game prep. Rice, ECU, 11 a.m. We'll have coverage. 94-3 the game. Uh, we just got a text that uh, somebody said, I'm a legend for playing that music. Far from it. Uh, let's start there, Carter. I, look, I, I like to poke fun. I've never been a fan of Baton de Cheese. But I will say, though, this morning we were playing it in the studio. It's growing on me. I was it, humming it earlier. It probably got the studio going. It did. We were doing the, uh, is, is this how you do it, right? I don't know. I just, it, it gets the crowd going. I know the little kids are a big fan right. of it, but I saw you. I mean, you took a jab on me on Twitter that one time. I had to. All my hometown friends were like, who is this guy? They were going at me. Yeah. I think you even made the point, like, I got ratioed a little I, yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I, I ratioed you. <laughs> yeah. I had to. Um, so let's let's start there before we get into the serious stuff. Like, how did that even come about? Like, Was that your idea, your teammates' ideas? No, it was actually um, when I was at junior college, I was like, we had a lot of Latin kids on the team. I was definitely the minority on that team. And, uh, I mean, every day in the locker room, they're just playing some, some Latin music. Right. And... That was L Alpha. They they were they like L Alpha, Bad Bunny, um, Neo Garcia, like just all these Spanish rappers, I guess. Right. And and well, Doble A. That was Josh Moylan's walk up okay. one time. That wasn't a big hit. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they played that song in the locker room one day, and I was like, we didn't have walk up songs at JUCO, but I was like, if I ever get a walk up song, I'm definitely using this. Right. And I mean, Greenville, North Carolina, there's not the population for. I don't think anybody really understood what it was. Yeah, no. I mean, as I was like the new guy on campus, people were probably like, "Who is this guy? <laughs> like, this is awful." But you know, it, so so you had it in twenty two as your main walk up song, right? And then yeah. last year, did you go back to it? I did for the very last weekend, okay. and I literally had the best weekend of my entire life. Right, which was crazy. Like, so do you? All right, so do you go with it this year? We we're talking off the air. You you have a new one coming. I, I do have a new one coming. It's a Spanish song. It's like kind of like that upbeat, like okay. bob your head kind of beat. Um, and I think, I mean, I I like it. I think the fans are gonna like it, but I'm not gonna release it until until game one. You're you're gonna have to show up to uh, Clark Leclerc to to find out what it is. Got to keep it a secret. Got to keep it. February 16th. We're 32 days away. It's hard to believe from uh, first pitch as you guys take on Ryder on February 16th. Carter Cunningham in studio again. We got Trey Savage coming up. Really excited. We'll have you guys on a handful of times this preseason throughout the season. Most likely on Mondays because y'all are pretty busy every other day. Y'all are yeah. even busy today. So Yeah, we are. So uh, it's part of it, but we appreciate that. Uh, presented by Team Boneyard, uh, NIL Collective at ECU. So appreciate you guys taking the time to stop in. So how's the how's the offseason been, Carter? How's it going thus far for you guys? Yeah, it's been great. Um, I know you guys have seen some Twitter buzz from Coach Galvin and Coach Palumbo and Coach Knight and all that, but... Um, I'd say that this team, there's just uh, there's a different feel to this team that I that I really haven't experienced yet um, at my time during at ECU. Um, but it's been a great preseason. Um, the fall was obviously it's always challenging, but uh, you know you get through it and you just continue to get better every day. But um, so far the the week of individual practice that we've had, it's it was a good week. So we're 
we're heading in the right direction. So this is your third year at East Carolina. You started at Gardner Webb, went to junior college. How, you know, how much more comfortable are you now versus when you first came in, like that first fall you went through? Yeah, it was like, I mean, everyone's first fall here is a little nerve wracking. Obviously, there's big expectations to play here, but um, you know, I had never really experienced baseball like this before, and um, yeah, that first fall was a. I, I had a good fall that fall, I remember, and that's how I earned my spot to, to start that season. But um, I think the maybe the pressure got to me a little bit during the season and uh, playing in front of those big crowds and all that. It's not, it's not easy, but, I mean, there's no place like it. So um, I've definitely adjusted to it and super comfortable this fall. And, um, yeah, we're just looking forward to getting after it this spring. All right, so Carter Cunningham with us. We've got Pirate Baseball outfielder on your graphic, but we had Jeff Palumbo yeah. in in december he said basically you know he's been working you at first base i know you do that in the fall as well and he kind of told you hey just embrace it work with me and, and you'll yeah. make some strides there so how has that process gone yeah it was it was pretty funny the first i don't know first week um of ground balls actually no no the first the very first day of of ground balls i think it was like six or seven ground balls in i'm at first base and i break my finger and i'm oh, like God. i hate this like put me back in the outfield like i'm not gonna get ground balls hit to me out there that hard right um and then you know I, I'm, I'm i return i'm back full play and i'm like i see like i'm back at first base uh for practice and i'm like all right here we go and i'm like coach p like am i in the outfield or first base today he's like first base and i was like <laughs> i was like um am i just there till further notice and he's like yep and i was like all right so uh he's like just give him give me some time and, and by the end of the fall you'll be good and i definitely i mean he's a fantastic infield coach so he all credit goes to him obviously i'm kind of new to it so uh it, it got better towards the end of the fall for sure do you uh, is it a you know expectation you might be there during the season or is it more just like hey let's increase versatility as much as possible that way yeah. you can play different spots yeah no doubt it's it's the versatility the aspect of it not only just for me but it opens up spots in the outfield or you know, we got plenty of great hitters. The D, that DH role is going to be tough. Um, plus, we got Cam Clanch, who's an amazing first baseman and hitter too. So, just the versatility, and we'll see. I'm Coach Galvin. You know, he's going to switch up the lineup, right. um, however he sees fit. So, so we'll have Cam Clanch, you know, on, along with you guys as well. So, like when you have two seniors like yourself, I imagine there's a ton of respect for one yeah. another. So what's kind of like that competition like where y'all can push each other and try to, you know, get the best out of each yeah, other? No doubt. I, I'm, I, some people can call it competition, but um, <clears throat> for, for me and Cam, it's that the friendship and the respect that we have for each other. It's more of a, like, we just want to see each other get better every day, see each other succeed and, and continue to strive in the right direction. And that's, uh, that's really what we do every day. There's no, like, yeah, competition is in, like, I'm trying to beat the guy next to me, but it's not it's not necessarily that with me and Cam. We uh we got a strong relationship. So last year, of course, you kinda really took off mid season and you got more consistent A Bs and I'm sure that played a big role as well. But uh and then, you know, finished all conference uh, as well. So what 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 clicked for you last year? Was it a confidence thing? Was it just getting the chance to play every day? It was it was a confidence thing. I think I I mean, everyone talks about it, about baseball being a game of failure and Oh, if you don't have confidence, you're not going to play, and all those cliches. But it's it's true. Like it, I just the difference between the first half and the last half of the season for me was like I woke up every morning, and this is far from the truth. But I told myself I was the best hitter on the planet, and that's I didn't change anything. I just told I just had to believe myself even more, and that's uh, 
I mean, it, it worked. <laughs> like, it, it, that's the bottom line. So you just keep rolling with that mentality, right? Yeah, that's that's all it is. I mean, obviously not the best hit <laughs> on the planet, but... But you got to believe it. You right? got to believe it or else uh, no one will, so... So you were telling me y'all, y'all had a, a kind of a breathing exercise this morning. And, you know, I kind of laughed at it at first, but it's, it's real. Like when you're in the game and you're trying to, I mean, baseball is such a mental game. You're trying to slow everything yeah. down, not get sped up. Kind of take us through that, what you're learning and, and you know, trying to implement there. Yeah, so we hired a outside company to come in and essentially they just teach us uh, diaphragmatic breathing where it's belly breathing. So you go uh, – Inhale, like suck your stomach in. Right. Exhale, blow your stomach out. Um, and really, all that does is just slow the game down, get you caught caught up in that present moment. Um, and I think you can go back to my first year here. Like I didn't do that. I was the perform- performance anxiety was a real thing for me that that first year for sure. Playing in front of that big crowd, so really dialing that in and just slowing the game down and getting the being in that present moment. Uh, it, it really helps. We got some questions from some fans. We'll get to for you and Trey uh, during your time here. Uh, as you guys, y'all will have media day next Monday, and then really start official practice. Although y'all are doing, of course, workouts now and everything. What you know, this time of year when it's cold, and uh, you know, some days maybe the average fan doesn't want to be outside. You know, is it just the fact that the season is is right on the cusp? You kind of just have to suck it up and deal with the, the element sometimes. Yeah, actually, I mean, the, the past week of practice, I felt like the weather was like if if we could open up on February mid February about that weather we had this past week, I think everyone would take it. Right, uh, it was super. I mean, it wasn't warm, but it was very very manageable this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you come back and we're gonna play the first half of the season maybe in cold weather, so get used to it. The the coach Godwin always says that. You either win or you lose. It doesn't really matter what the weather says. So uh, just get used to it and suck it up. Everybody looks at the the final score and the box score, not what the yeah. weather says. So no. you know it's one of those things you just deal with it. Both teams yeah. have to deal with it. And you talked a little bit about it, but you feel like you know this 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 team this all season has had the right mentality, kind of from the fall to, to now thus far. Yeah, no doubt. I think everyone's just uh, we're all just locked into. Uh, I mean, we say get one percent better every day, but. In all honesty, I think, and Coach Knight touched on it a couple of days ago, but just about being the best version of yourself every single day. And that's, I think that's what this team has, has done a really good job of, just showing up to the field and, and getting that work in and, and uh, striving to, to be your best version every day. All right, Carter Cunningham with us. We'll try to get through some of these questions from uh, fans on Hoist the Colors. Uh, it's Harbor or Bill. He wants to know, why is this the year I'll be staying at my parents' house in Omaha watching ECU win a national championship? So no pressure, but that's yeah. the first question. No, that that is a uh, that's a good question. Apparently um, he's got like, a hookup in Omaha. Yeah, too, so. seriously. Um, you know, it's, it's, the, there's like a coach answer, and then right. there's like a, there's an honest answer from from me. Um, and you know, I, I most people may or may not like hearing this, but. Uh, th- this team is really rooted in Christ, in all honesty. Like this team is is uh, it's the the vibe is different around the team because I think we have a very strong relationship with God. Like that's bottom line. I've never been a part of a team that's so rooted in Christ and and um, and will do everything for for Him. Um, and it's that's when we talk about selflessness. Like that's we're putting aside our own goals and our own desires and. And you know, to be quite honest, like it might not happen this year. Like in all honesty, that's not that's not up to us to decide. Um, but you know, years down the road, I think if we can continue, like I'm, I'm a senior, I only got six months left here. But 
if I can leave my legacy on on, on growing guys um, in Christ and, and building that relationship now, you know, years down the road, I think in the Lord's timing, it, it'll happen. That's just bottom line, and that's not the what he wants to hear probably, right. and that's not the coach answer, but but that's the, that's the honest answer, and that's uh, that's something that I've noticed different about this team that I've never I've played baseball for. 14 15 years i've never been a part of a team like this is that's that's so rooted in in christ so and there's there's always talks about you know everybody wants to talk about omaha look at me it's the elephant in the room but it's like if you guys just take care of the process the right way eventually it'll happen whether it's no this doubt. year or next year right no doubt and we do things the right way every single time and and that that gives us players and i know it gives the coaches that like we can we can lay our heads heads down at night and say like we you know we did everything the right way and um if like I said, if if it wasn't in God's plan, then it didn't. It wasn't meant to be, but it, it's going to happen. It'll happen real soon. So, all right, Ahoy wants to know who have you guys seen that has improved since last year, and do you have any freshmen that you think are going to make an impact? So, Ooh, putting yeah. you on the spot there. That's a good question. Who has improved since last? So we'll year? start there. Yeah, yeah. In, most improved maybe from last year, and you can go multiple guys. One guy, any 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 way you want to go. Certainly Dixon Williams for sure. I mean he's uh like last last season or fall you can you can kinda see like he'd show up some days and be like, This kid's got potential, like he's gonna be really good. Um then the next day he'd be like, Dixon, like what are, what are you doing? Right. Uh but this fall it was like every single day he showed up to the field ready to work and um I, I'm sure coaches mentioned it, but he led our team in RBIs um over the fall by like a, a wide margin. I don't think they the next closest guy was even close. So um Dixon for sure, not only at the plate but defensively too. He's just matured a lot. Um, I think of Nathan Christman, um, who's just same thing with Dixon, just matured. Um, he's gotten really good defensively. I was just sitting back receiving balls from first base yesterday, and uh, Nate was just uh, he was making every play. He was looking really smooth out there. Um, I think. Um, Zach Root had a great fall. I mean, I think he gave up like one, one or two runs, and he's, I mean, he was good last year, obviously, right. but he was taking another he, step. Yeah, yeah, he's right behind Trey Savage for sure. So uh, he'll he'll be huge for us. Um, Riley Johnson, he was kind of up. He he had some, you can call it injuries or setbacks this fall, but he he looked great this fall too. So mm-hmm. uh, he'll be a, a huge piece for this team for sure. And then he also asked which freshmen are going to make an impact. I know Bristol Carter played some center field in the fall. Did anybody else stand out as far? Yeah, you have Bristol, obviously. Um, he was probably our, our best freshman this fall. But Colby Wallace um, at third base looked really good, not only defensively but at the plate too. Um, I'm trying to think on the mound. You got Norby. Um, he's definitely got some potential. He's just... He's sort of like his brother. I never played with his brother, but just that mindset of like I'm, I'm better than you, uh, that confidence, that swagger about him that that'll that'll take him far. Um, just being the person that he is, I think um, he stands out. And then Chaz Myers was a he's not a freshman; he's a transfer. Um, but he, I mean, he raked this fall. He was probably one of our top two or three hitters um, this fall. So be on the lookout for Chaz too. All right, Buck Wild. He asked, "What are y'all's walk up songs again?" That you keep that a secret because that's a popular question. Yeah. Um, he asked, would either of you guys consider getting a pirate-themed car wrap? I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> Is he offering? Yeah, if he's offering for free, yeah, I don't know if you want to go out and buy a car wrap. I mean, that would be... 
quite an expense. Well, what was his name? Was his a, name is Buck Wild. Buck Wild. <laughs> if you are offering a free pirate wrap car, I'm your guy. All right, um, there I, will, you go. I will take it. Maybe you can get hook up an NIL opportunity with Aiden. Perhaps an NIL opportunity for a free pirate wrapped <laughs> car. Uh, favorite uniform combo? Oh, that's easy. That's definitely the uh, the white hat with the, like the American ECU logo, the black jerseys, and the white pants and some white cleats. Okay. I, I think that looks so clean. That is a sharper look. I feel like maybe that's not worn as much as it needs to be worn. We don't wear it at all. Right. But we <laughs> wear it like in Clearwater, I think, and then we wore it for some regionals like the past two years and i mean it's just it, look good feel good play good right yeah 100 percent believer in that uh do you so maybe you don't have to name the walk-up songs yet but somebody wants to know do you know who will have the best walk-up song or do y'all not even know each other no, we honestly don't even know it yet okay um so to to be determined to yeah tbd um from 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 last season to this season, Pirate Treasure NC wants to know what did you need or want to work on the most from from an individual perspective. Individual perspective, yeah. certainly first base, um, and we already talked about it earlier, but just that versatility. Um, but for me, I think uh, I think I can. Something I've been working on with Coach Godwin and Coach Lartigue uh, in the cages is actually being able to hit more home runs to right field um, for me. Um, and backspinning the ball to right field and not so much topspin because I would hit a lot of hard ground balls at second base and that means nothing. It's just a 4-3 in the scorebook and you go back and get pissed off on the bench. Um, but if you can learn how to, if I can learn how to backspin those balls to right field and still hit them hard, those turn into doubles and, and home runs. And so I'm looking for a little bit more gap to gap power and, and power numbers out of me this year. Uh, speaking of power, somebody wanted to know. See if I can find it here. Um, yeah, Flatfield Dreaming says, uh, how, "How do you feel about the power on this year's team? Like, do you feel like that is an area y'all can definitely improve on or be, be pretty good in?" Yeah, you think? Uh, I think you look at the lineup um, from last year to, compared to this year. It's essentially the same with um, from a power standpoint. Obviously, the losing losing Moylan hurts a little bit, but. Um, I think, I mean, you got Star, JC, um, Chaz Myers, who I mentioned can run it out of the park, J-Dub, Ryan McChrystal, like these guys, we're going to have a couple of guys that will be in the teens, I think, um, maybe five, six, seven of them. Uh, Joey Barini's got sneaky pop. You saw yeah. some flashes like, um, Dixon, if he's, if he's in there, like you got some guys that for sure, um, can put up some, some home run numbers and some doubles numbers this year. Carter Cunningham with us. We'll get a few more questions in and then get him out of here. Um, all right, so popular question is always, like, who's the toughest pitcher to face in practice? <laughs> I don't know. He might be sitting in this room. He's, he's <laughs> laughing at me right now. Um, definitely, I mean, not – obviously, you got Trey Savage. Yeah. Uh, but in all honesty, like, I had a, I had some good ABs off him this fall. Okay. Like, I, like, I – when he was up on the mound, I mean, everyone – those Friday night games, you turn the intensity up a little bit, and when you know you're facing a guy like Trey, you got to be, you got to be prepared and, and give it your best. Um, but for me, to being a lefty, you got Zach Root. It's just not a. He, he throws a fastball in the low to mid 90s, and then he flips in a 72 mile an hour curveball. Like how do you? You got to pick he, one. He's like kind of rocking back. Yeah, he might be tough funky. to pick up. Yeah, it just as a lefty, it's not a very comfortable comfortable at bat for as a lefty. Um, so one of those two guys. Any. Uh, 
I don't know, any new guys that you've had trouble picking up, like as far as when you're seeing them in practice, like this guy's a little deceptive or whatnot? Actually, Aaron Groller, um, he's a transfer from Seton Hall. He's a lefty. He's just a, a crafty lefty. He's not gonna blow. He's not gonna blow it by you. Um, but he, nothing that he throws goes. Nothing is straight. It's all like, just it's here and then it's there and then it's here and then it's here. It's just, just a. Uh, it's just same thing. Not a not a comfortable AB when you know the ball is not going to be there. Right. Uh, Clark Leclerc Stadium, obviously a tremendous environment for you guys. Uh, we had somebody ask. Do you have a favorite road non-conference or conference venue you've kind of experienced thus far as a, a as a baseball player? Like a cool place to go play on the road. A cool place. I mean, we've gotten to play in some AAA stadiums. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily like a like it's not somebody's home field, but being like that Charlotte game was really cool. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that Fayetteville game. But um, honestly, I, I think UNC's like environment. I mean, they're not as rowdy as us, but like the the stadium, the facilities are nice there. Um, and then obviously it's a rivalry game. It's just always fun to, to play in. When the schedule comes out, do you like, you know, I know the cliche answer is always like, we're just focused on game one each day, but do you like, maybe when it comes out in the fall, do you like just look up and down and say, Hey, like maybe that'll be an interesting series or any games kind of catch your eye or, you know, the Claire classic, that sort of stuff. Are you looking for anything? Yeah. And in all honesty, like I, I know I looked at the schedule, but I couldn't even tell you. Right. Like, like I can't even think of like a, a game besides like the UNCs and the NC States mm-hmm. and the Campbells. Um, like I know we have a tough non-conference schedule, which is obviously Coach Palumbo and Coach Calvin do a great job of actually putting that together to to get us prepared for our conference schedule. Um, but like like I said, I can't, I can't even remember like who we even play this year. Right. I was like I, I don't know. You worry just, about it when it's yeah, game week. Just write the lineup and we'll go play and take care of our take care of our business no doubt cliff cliff Gavin always says if the pirates show up and play their game then they're tough to beat so. no doubt uh final thing what what's the most important goal for you guys as a team again 32 days away from first pitch uh t- to really have the season you guys want to have as y'all you know approach this thing yeah i think um hmm. i think like you just said like if we show up and play our game um we are very tough to beat like um you think of a team like UVA last year where we played two very quality games against them, but we're both similar teams to where, like, we don't make errors. We're going to throw strikes. We're not going to walk people. You know, we're not going to strike out at the plate. We're just going to make all the right plays. And, like, last year you look up at the eighth inning and you're like, how are we losing? Like, we're playing a good game, and I think that's what happens when teams play us. Like, we just do things the right way every single game. Um, you limit the mistakes. Uh, our pitchers just fill up the zone, and our hitters just – string together quality at bats i think the rest will take care of itself but um yeah we, we still got 32 days to to uh, continue to get better and, and strive to to work on those things for sure all right he is carter cunningham carter appreciate the time today man this was yeah. awesome and looking forward to uh to future visits as well sounds good i appreciate it thanks for having me absolutely carter cunningham ecu outfielder slash first baseman <laughs> we'll get it we'll get it right on the uh the graphic next time but appreciate the time again today all right well i'll trade you savage Join us after the break. This is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes, that was so good. On 94.3, the game. All right, welcome back in to Hoist the Colors on this Monday, January 15th edition of the show. We just wrapped up talking to Carter Cunningham via Team Boneyard. Now we've got Trey Savage, East Carolina starting pitcher in studio. Trey, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Glad to uh 
to have you on board, and we'll have uh, yourself, Carter, Jacob Starling, Cam Clonch, Justin Wilcoxon on throughout the season, 94 through the game. We'll have you on Hoist the Colors as well as the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll get into uh, you know some of the same questions we asked about uh, with Carter from the fans. We also got some specifically on the pitching side we'll, ta- we'll talk about. But uh, first off, man, just how's the offseason going for you? How's... Uh, how are things going in that in that row? I know you were a little slow in the fall just because of your workload last year between Team USA and and obviously ECU. But how have things gone for you thus far? I mean, it's gone amazing. Um, I took about six weeks off after the USA um, whole deal got done, um, and then slowly worked myself back up. And I used that off time while I was here to help out the freshmen and the other guys on the team and get them where they need to be. But <clears throat> I mean, body feels great, arm feels great. Couldn't ask for anything else. Yeah, so obviously as a freshman you come in, you threw a lot of appearances, but it was like the shorter stints. You know, I, Cliff Goblin called you an adrenaline junkie. He'd bring you in with the bases loaded, nobody out, and you would get out of it more times than not. But, you, I mean, you made a huge leap last year in innings and obviously going from a, a reliever to a starter. So how did you have to kind of manage that from a you know an arm care perspective and body you know because because it'll wear on you for sure yeah definitely uh it was just getting in and seeing the trainer every single day um also only through once a week unlike my freshman year i was throwing two three times a week um only had one appearance so i had six days to prepare myself for that friday night um but there was um like the innings jump up, got a little banged up there in the middle of the season, took a week off and slowly build up again to get ready for the postseason. But it's just about how I can figure out to keep my adrenaline through six, seven innings rather than two outs. Yeah, because I mean, we, we, when we saw you as a freshman, I mean, you were come in and you were just obviously, you, you know, you only have to get two, three outs. So you can just go 110%. As a starter, do you like try to keep that mentality, or do you have to like you have to reel it in a little bit? And say, hey, I, I just, you know, I got to get through this inning first, and then you know, worry about the rest. Uh, I mean, I I would say I have the pretty much the same mentality. Yeah. Um, going out there trying to strike everybody out, um, which does lead to an increase in pitches thrown per batter, um, which could get uh, fixed a little bit. But I mean, I'm just out there trying to throw the ball by guys. Trey is savage with us. Let's talk about the development of your your pitches too, because you know we saw a lot of fastball, curveballs your freshman year. You developed the splits uh, going into your your sophomore year. So take us through that, how that kind of came about, and you know what led to that a really effective pitch. Obviously, yeah. Summer after my sophomore year, the coaches wanted me to get put in that starting role in summer ball, and I needed more than two pitches. Right. So I was playing around with a slider and a change up and leading into the fall of last year uh, me and coach Knight worked together and got me a cutter and a splitter and um, just been working on them ever since and my cutter was elite last season and I used this fall to hone in on my splitter and get it where it needs to be so the cutter it, it almost looks like a slider so like but I guess officially it's a cutter. I, I call it a cutter right a lot of people say it is a slider I think it Realistically, is a slider, but it's right. more of a mentality thing for me. Uh, okay, 
telling myself I'm throwing a cutter. Gotcha. Any new pitches this year, or is it more just honing in on fastball, curve, cutter? No, it's just refining everything. Okay. And obviously, look, I mean, you, you had the, the season you had. You've, you've had some expectations, you know, preseason All-American, some draft stuff. It is your draft year. I know Cliff Goblin uh, will probably get mad at me for asking this question, but uh, how, how do you, you know, separate all that? And just try and ignore the noise because some guys can get caught up in it. But is it just, hey, if I go out there, take care of my business, the rest will kind of take care of itself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I go out there and be the pitcher I can be, things will fall into place. But realistically, it's just another season and it shouldn't be any extra weight on me or anything, which there's not. Um, it's just another season. Right. Go out there, do your thing, and. You know, the rest will, will take care of itself. Uh, Trey is savage with us. All right, so Boyertown area, Boyertown, PA. How did you end up at East Carolina? So I was originally committed to University of Pittsburgh. I was going to go play baseball there, and things happened, and I decided to look for another place to go. And this was the summer going into my senior year of high school. So, you know, a lot of – a lot of schools had all their recruiting classes filled up for my class. But luckily, ECU needed one more pitcher in their arsenal and came down here, visited this place, fell in love with it right away. And it's the best decision I've ever made. ECU, clearly a really good baseball program. What did you know about East Carolina at that time when they first called you? I knew nothing. Yeah. Um, I knew they were looking at me through like my travel coaches telling me that they wanted to hop on a call. So I did look at them a little bit, knew they were a winning program. Um, but growing up and throughout high school, I really didn't know much about East Carolina. When you got here and kind of experienced the crowd, especially you know pitching in that regional as a freshman and the super regional, just what, what were your your thoughts on that when you pitched in front of like a big crowd for the first time? I mean, it was amazing. There's no there's no words that could put it into the way I felt, but it was it was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Let's go back to the Super Regional against Texas because you you were in the game and they had that huge rain delay mm-hmm. and you came back out and I still remember like it was what what was it midnight by the time that game restarted or something crazy and you were just out there the, the crowd was awesome you came out throwing BBs uh, how did you even like keep yourself loose during that time? Yeah, Coach Knight came up to me after he went in for the rain delay, and he's like, I don't care how long this this goes, you're going back in, and you're going to go as long as you can. I was like, all right. So um, Texas was in our pitching indoor where all of our plyo balls and whatnot are. So I had to go in there, grab some weighted balls, and I was throwing them against the shower walls in the wow. uh, in in the bathroom for, what was it, like five and a half, six hours, just keeping, keeping my arm up. Um Looking back, if I knew it was going to be that long, I would have taken about four hours off and then got my arm going again, but we didn't know how long the break was going to last. Right. Well, I, I thought it was – even though the game obviously didn't turn out the way, like I always remember that just because the crowd filing back in, you came out just throwing bullets. Like it was an awesome experience as a as a baseball fan. Uh, Trey Savage is with us. How do you feel like the pitching staff has you know improved, come together under you know Austin Knight, pitching coach, and this coaching staff this offseason? Like how have you guys kind of bonded, improved? Yeah, Coach Knight has done a great job of of getting us in the right mentality about filling up the strike zone, um, racing to two strikes, getting in the advantage counts as quick as we can. And as a staff, we probably have 10 returners, 10 new guys. 
uh, with freshmen and transfers. So uh, us returners had to take these new guys under our wing and show them how to go about the business the right way. And we've really just became a close-knit group, and we all have each other's backs. Somebody asked, we'll get into some of the questions here from Hoist the Colors, will Trey be hitting 100 miles an hour on the fastball this year? Do you, do you think you have it in you, or do you, I don't know, not quite ready yet? Uh, I think I do have it in me. Okay. Um, me and Coach Knight and I have been fine-tuning my mechanics and stuff, and um, like even worrying about the insoles in my cleats to help me oh, get yeah? there. So. Because uh, there's a lot that goes into it, because people just think it's all arm speed, arm action, but I mean, it's... What, lower oh, body? Lower half, yeah. yeah. So do you feel like you have seen that jump in velocity or, or might see it this spring? Like, you're probably not out there trying to throw 100 in bullpens. Or, no, yeah. but um, this fall was the hardest I've ever thrown in inner squads and bullpens alike. Okay, gotcha. Trey Savage is with us. Uh, we asked this to Carter Cunningham earlier. Tarboro Bill says, why is this the year I'll be staying at my parents' house in Omaha, Washington, D.C. win a national championship? So what gives you the confidence y'all can have you know, the caliber of team you guys think you can have? Yeah, I would just say the talent we have. Uh, we have a lot of older guys and a lot of uh, transfers that will really help us out along the way. Um, this is the most talented team I've been a part of here. Um, and we also are the closest-knit group I've ever been a part of here as well. Um, all 40 of us will be hanging out whenever we don't have baseball and and just, like, the conversations we have with each other are very personal, and I mean, I think that the relationships we have with guys will give us the confidence to get us where we need to go. How much does it help your belief too when y'all return Wilcox and McChrystal? I know that the freshman, you know, is a really good catcher as well, but like, you know, you're throwing some pretty hard stuff that they have to block. Mm-hmm. So you know, with a guy on third. You can maybe spike a you know a curve or a split or throw your slider cutter really hard and uh, not worry about that being like a wild pitch and scoring a run. So how much does that kind of help that help that trust too? Yeah, um, J Dub and McChrystal have been here since my freshman year, and getting to know those guys and having them know the type of pitcher I am that I'm going to throw stuff in the dirt and they just have to block it and. Um, they've worked real hard on that, and they're the best catchers I've ever thrown to. Trey Savage is with us. Let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll get to more of these questions to wrap up. I also want to talk to Trey about his uh, Team USA experience this past summer as well. We'll get into some of that. This is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. Climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors. Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the colors. Final segment here. Really enjoyed this show. We talked to Carter Cunningham earlier, ECU outfielder slash first baseman. We've got Trey Savage, East Carolina pitcher, in studio now. Trey, let's talk about your Team USA experience, man. I mean, what was that like this past summer? getting to, to play with some of the best players in the world and compete on that on that stage? I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. Very blessed to be invited and make the final roster there. Um, I thought the coolest part was just getting to know the other guys from all around the country in college baseball um, and to go on top of that playing the Chinese Taipei team and Japan team. Um, very cool experiences. We got a question about uh, how much – does a batter squaring for the fake bunts? How much does that 
you know affects you on the mound. I'm, I'm sure you try to tune it out. Did you, did you have to deal with that at all playing like the uh, you know the Chinese Taipei and and, and uh, you know the Japan team? And I know you see a lot of practice from ECU. So what what effect does that have? Uh, I can't remember if any of the foreign teams did that against me or not, but. I mean, it's just a different look for the pitchers. Um, sometimes guys struggle to throw strikes when people are bunting and you can steal a free ball or two. And it also moves the defense around as well. Um, so holes can open up as well um, later in the at-bat. Individually for you as a pitcher, what, what are some of the things you really want to refine from from last year? Because a lot of the, your experiences last year were your first time maybe experiencing it as a starter. So what do you want to you know, grow from that and really refine going to your junior year? Definitely the consistency of my off-speed pitches. I mean, my cutter was was elite last year, but uh, curveball and splitter were hit or miss. And just getting those fine-tuned and very consistent where they need to be on a weekly basis. We uh, asked Carter earlier, who have you seen improve the most since last year? We'll start there. From, you can go pitcher or position player. Who's really improved in your opinion? I would say number one on my list is Zach Root. I mean, that guy, he he showed he showed with his potential um, all throughout the year, but especially against UVA in the regional. Um, I mean, that guy worked his tail off all off season and all all the fall and winter. And I mean, he's going to be an elite arm for us and help us a lot <clears throat> help us a lot along the way. And then on the hitter side, I would also say Dixon Williams. Um, I mean, that guy just shows up to practice every single day. What hitter gives you the toughest issues? So Carter said he has some good at-bats off of you. So what hitter has, has given you the toughest in- issues in uh, inner squads? I would definitely uh, – I mean, Dixon, for some reason when I face Dixon, I never can throw him strikes. Yeah. I always walk him. But I mean, I would say the toughest hitter to face on our on our team would be Jacob Starling. Okay, guys, just gritty up there, and if you make a bad pitch, he'll make you pay. No doubt, Star's got that sneaky pop, man. He can uh, he can really hit the ball. Um, for you, somebody also asked, which freshmen do you feel like are going to make an impact from a pitching perspective? Who do you feel like you know has, has impressed you there? I mean, we got a lot of guys. Um, Norby, I would say, is one that could be put in the starting role. But then we have a lot of um, freshmen that are very good for matchup guys. And um, we got a lot of lefty freshmen as well. So putting them in there in the role that almost like Eric Ritchie was last year for face a batter or two, um, get us out of jams. How do you feel about the depth behind you? And I know, you know they brought in some transfers. You and Root seem like candidates obviously to be in the weekend rotation nothing's guaranteed you'll have to earn it but uh you know the kind of that three four midweek spot and then kind of the depth behind you this time um we have a lot of guys that could start and if they don't start they'd be great for us in the bullpen um you look at guys like eric ritchie wyatt lunsford shankman um and Jaden winter um all three of those could start any day of the week and on any other program but um like we have a lot of guys in contention for the starting role, and if they don't get put in the starting role, they'll eat up a lot of innings in the bullpen. I was talking to JC some in the fall. He said Wyatt's stuff has taken a, a big jump. So what have you seen from him? And Austin Knight has told me he's the guy who could start, but it's tough to take him out of the pen when he can basically be a long guy, short guy, a little bit of everything. I mean, his his sinker is – I don't know how the hitters even touch it. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, I've played catch with him a few times, and – 
I can't say it's a very fun thing to do. Um, and then his off-speed pitches as well. He's got a slider and a curveball and change-up, and they're all very good. Uh, somebody wants to know, uh, Redbeard Lake wants to know, how, how much stats or data do you have on opposing hitters going to a game? Like, And do you pay much attention to that, or is it more about you know your approach on the mound? I would say Coach Knight focuses on that more than any of the pitchers on our staff. Um, we'll, he'll come into our pitchers meeting in the beginning of the weekend and let us know the guys we got to watch out for, how we got to pitch them and whatnot. Um, but I just go out there and throw how or throw the pitches Coach Knight wants me to throw. And then he also asked, how does the mentality differ in closing versus starting? You kind of touched on this earlier. You kind of try to take you know, the same mentality, even though you know you're obviously going to be in the game longer. Yeah, I mean, if you come in the ninth, um, you know you only got three outs to get. So your adrenaline's pumping for all you got for those three outs. Um, but then when you're in the starting role, you got to extend that over however long between, like, you could go even eight, nine innings, um, just figuring out how you got to, like, extend that throughout the innings. So you guys you know, clearly pitch on a, a dirt mound at Clark Leclerc. Somebody asked about, you know, road environments, that sort of stuff. Do you have to pitch on a turf mound much on the road? And is that, does that take getting used to? I mean, there's a few places that have turf mounds. I know Tulane has a turf mound, which we're going this year. And Cincinnati, who are not playing anymore, always had a turf mound. But, um, I do not mind them because I cannot stand when other pitchers are digging holes in the mound. So it's always the same playing surface. It's very consistent. Um, which I don't mind at all. Is it and from ballpark to ballpark? Like when you look at kind of the sight lines, like some pitchers say a mound feels further back than at a different ballpark as opposed to your home ballpark. Do you ever get that feeling too? Is like does it take some time to get used to? I don't know the sight lines, kind of how the the layout, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. It's it's very odd because all of them are sixty feet six inches right. away, but the depth perception almost looks like some are further, some are closer. Um, so that Thursday practice, wherever we go, um, before the series starts, I'll stand up on the mound and just like look at it and see. <laughs> try to try to get a feel. Try for and it. get a feel for it a little bit before I go out there and compete. Um, but the one thing I would say is the most difficult is the height of other people's mounds because um, some are steeper and some are flatter than others. Um, so that takes a little bit to get used to. Got about a minute left in the show here with Trey. All right, so favorite uniform combo. Uh, Do you have one that comes to mind? I might be a little biased, but the Friday night white on whites, I love those. It's tough um, to beat those. Yeah, it is. But I also really like the pinstripes. How do you? So honest opinion on the powder purples. I think they're a very cool special occasion uniform. Okay. Um, I wish we wore them more at home last year, but I think they're – a nice flashy touch to the arsenal. Do the players, do you all like, get to vote on when you wear them at all, or is it more just kind of a set structure? I have never been able to vote on it, so <laughs> we get told maybe, what to wear. Maybe this is your year. Maybe you can have a little more input this <laughs> year. Well, Trey, hey, this has been awesome, man. Again, Team Boneyard uh, helping us out with some interviews today. Appreciate the time, man. This has been great. Looking forward to having you on again in the future. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. That is Trey Savage, East Carolina pitcher. Appreciate his time. Also, thanks to Carter Cunningham. Again, we'll have these guys on throughout the season. We'll also hook up with Cam Clanch, Jacob Starling, 
and also Justin Wilcox throughout the year. All right, we're getting out of here. Tomorrow we'll have ECU defensive tackle Deontay Johnson in studio to talk about the offseason. Until then, this has been Hoist the Colors. We'll see you Tuesday at 12 noon.